What is up, everyone? We would just like to welcome you. Thank you for tuning in and checking out this message. My name is Ryan Cabildo, and I am one of the church planners, uh, apprentices here at Miles City. And what that means is I'm in a two-year residency, and it's almost over. And why I'm in this residency, uh, Miles City is helping equip me, train me up, uh, prepare me to start a new church. And so me and a group of people are building a team that is on target to start a new church called Lanterns. Lanterns Church is going to publicly launch this fall in October. So if you'd like to learn any more, please contact us. We would love to um, get to know you. Uh, if you know anyone that lives in the area, or if you know someone that feels called to church planning, please let them know about Lanterns. Uh, send them our way so we can uh, connect with them and, and help turn Wayne upside down for the glory of God and his kingdom. Um. During this residency, there's been a lot of changes. I've had to grow and stretch my capacity in certain areas, but not even just with the two years of this residency, but also I walked into Miles City week seven. It's been six and a half years since then, and there has been so much change in my life. Most of it has been changed for the better the last six and a half years, just better changes and better changes. But even before all the change since I've been at Miles City, I knew what change was. I've learned so quickly as a kid, even growing up. There was change for the better. There was change for the worse. Sometimes there was just flat out change. And I didn't know if it was for the better or worse. And I think we can all can relate. There's so much change. I remember when I first started going to a new school. Like when I went to school for the first time, then from elementary school to middle school, middle school to high school. I, I remember change when my parents separated when I was six and a half years old. I remember... Um, Every time my mind, my confidence changed when I got a new pair of shoes because it made me feel like I could run faster. One of my favorite pairs were when I had uh, the Reebok pumps where you would pump the basketball on the tongue and it would make your shoe feel tighter because the air. And the, the change in my confidence was monumental as a kid. I remember going from the change from a bicycle to a car, talking about convenience of actually being able to get to places quicker. And one of my favorite changes that I have really appreciated was going from a pager to a cell phone. If you don't know what a pager is, this is a pager. I had the clear pager. It lit up and vibrated when someone paged me. Now, how a pager works, if you don't know, is someone would call the number for your pager, and then they'd get to put in a number, and then it would send the number as like a text, but only number form of the number that I was supposed to call back. So I'd be out with my friends at a park or something hanging out, and my pager would be like, zzz, zzz and like I'd show it off and let everyone see I'm getting a page and I'd look down at it and then I'd be like oh it's my parents and instantly it wasn't it didn't end there once I got the page I had to run to my bike ride my bike to the nearest payphone then I had to grab money to put in the payphone to make a call to my parents to make sure they knew where I was at so I didn't get in trouble I even remember when I would date someone that they could call you and there was like codes certain numbers like 143 for love and different things but there was a change from a pager to a cell phone, right? Now we have these smartphones that go in our pockets and we can just pull them out and we can do so many things right from our phones instead of just getting text a number. I also remember in 1999, my mom was starting to talk to me about soon in a couple years, I would have my license and I'd be driving a car and how I should learn to budget and save my money for the gas prices. Now, in the last week, 
If, you, if you're watching online or if you're driving your car, listening, whatever it is, I keep one hand on the steering wheel. But e- even from at home or wherever you're at, I'd like you to just raise your hand if you've gotten gas in the last week. I've gotten gas. I'm going to raise two hands. I've gotten gas twice. And it was $4.50 a gallon. What had changed from when 1999, when I was starting to prepare for driving, and I started looking at the gas prices. There were 99 cents. The average gas price around here was 99 cents in 1999 compared to that $4.50. What a change. I also remember the change in my life from my first heartbreak. I remember the changing of best friends and how that changed my life. Even the changing This one can be a little awkward, but we all went through it. How about when we start to grow up and we start to feel changes in our body? Awkward. There's been so many changes, but not just as a kid and growing up in adulthood, but in adulthood, we see so many changes. We see changes in our life are happening more and more rapidly than ever before. We've had a change in in our restrictions through our living through a pandemic. We've experienced changes in our government, changes in our economy, changes in our healthcare, changes in our society, changes in our tech and technology. Like I was talking about the phone, but do you remember how you used to have to get a check when you got paid at work? And you have to take the time to drive that check to the bank, cash that check, and then have that money so you would, and then use that cash to buy things. Where now we have the technology where we get direct deposit and it's in there and right on payday, we can leave for lunch and just swipe and spending the money. I remember when the technology changed where you could use your phone and take a picture of your check to deposit it. Things have been changing so much. And in the same way, in these lives, the list goes on and on and on. I think it's safe to say that we all experience changes. And through these changes, it affects our lives. When the world's throwing so much change at us so fast, the way we choose to change and live our life matters. And so the question I'd like to ask us today, the question I'd like us to start thinking about is are we making the changes in our lives for the better? Are we, are we going after the changes according to the purpose God has for each and every one of us today? Because that's what we're going to dig into a little more. Because when we pursue God, he has a change for us. And when we move towards God, God moves towards us and he brings change. But before we unpack this more, if we could close our eyes and bow our heads, let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time with everyone that is tuning in. God, prepare our minds and hearts as we hear this message. Guide my tongue as I speak and guide our ears so we can hear what you have for us today. God, I thank you for the change that you offer to us that is life-changing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so today, we'll be in the book of Mark in chapter six. So if you got your Bibles, or if you got your Bible app on your phone, go ahead and open up to Mark chapter six. And while you're doing that, I'd like to point out a couple of things. Mark is known as the immediate gospel. The four gospels, Mark is the shortest one. It is quick, it's 16 chapters. And we see Mark immediately gets to the points of how Jesus and his time here on, in the flesh on earth goes. We see how Mark shows us many times how Jesus was a servant for our God. We see that Mark focuses on what Jesus actually did. And so in the series, Mark on Rewind, 
We've been rewinding through the books backwards every week. We've been going from the, the last chapter and backing up, rewinding through the books. Because sometimes we read from front to back, and as we're reading things, we don't think of what happens at the end. So now, in light of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're unpacking Mark and rewind. Thinking about these situations, knowing that Jesus dies, but resurrects, defeating death, conquering sin for each and every one of us. And so now, today, we're going to start off by looking through the perspective in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ as we read Mark, starting at chapter 6, verse 45. It says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, which means fish house. While he dismissed the crowd, and after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land, and he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. They were caught in a storm, and Jesus saw this. But right before this section happens, I want to remind you that Jesus had fed 5,000 men and women and children. Like we talked about last week, that some people would, would say that there was probably around over 20,000 people. And because of what he was doing now, he is perceiving that the people want him to become the king that they've been wanting. The king that they want to control him to be. That they will even try to probably take him by force. And so Jesus quickly here tells the disciples and grabs them, get in the boat, go. Like he doesn't want them there. Because that would be tempting, right? Even his disciples that grew up in the same culture, they're hoping and wanting the king to come that they thought was going to come and the way they wanted the king to come and conquer. But Jesus intended to do it a different way. There was another way Jesus was going to be the king of kings. And so to guard his disciples, to guard them so they would remember his teachings and learn what he wanted them to learn, he has them leave. So here we see that God prevents us from being in certain situations. He prevents us from certain storms, like what the people would have brought into the disciples' life. Something that I love that's been said here at Miles City before is that God's prevention is God's protection. He will remove us from things to protect us. Just like we see Jesus removing the disciples from the culture and the other people that wanted to control and have it the way they wanted Jesus to be. And so remember, God's prevention is God's protection. So hearing this, let's ask ourselves, is there a struggle? Is there a situation that you're fighting to keep yourself into that God's trying to protect you from? What is it you need to let God remove you from? What is it that you need to let God remove you from? But also, on the other side of the coin, not only does God remove us from storms, but we see that also, as the disciples were there, that they were in a storm. Jesus saw this. Jesus had them leave. He's all-knowing. He let them go into a storm, knowing that some storms are unavoidable and we're not always taken out of them. But those storms, we have to remember that God is there to carry us through them. Let's not miss this. As the disciples are out to sea, we see that while all this is going on, Jesus, he saw that they were making headway painfully. He saw they were in the midst of the storm. He saw that they were in a dangerous situation. 
showing us that just because we don't see him doesn't mean that he doesn't see us. Let me say that again. Just because we don't always see or feel Jesus does not mean that he doesn't see us. God is here with us. Let's look and see what happens next. In Mark, starting at verse 48. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. There was so much fear racing through them, um, things that were messing with their heart and their minds, causing them questions, emotions, worry, anxiety, doubt in the midst of this terrible storm. The fear of of thinking that a ghost was coming near them. Were they going to survive? What were they going to do? Imagine what they were thinking. And in the same way, can you relate? Have you been in a situation where there was so much fear? It got in the way. It got in the way of your life. To the point it gets in the way of the good changes God has for you, the changes he wants for you, has fear gotten in the way of that? And if, if so, please know, you're not alone. This is a common struggle for many people. Fear, fear can cause us to make impulsive decisions. We naturally give up self-control. We want to hurry, hurry, hurry for an immediate change. But we don't always need to hurry if we're able Sometimes in these moments, we need to take a moment and be still with the Spirit. We need to be with God, listening to his voice, knowing that we don't need to fear because we have God. When we do that, when we focus on God, we can be aware of the love, the power, and the self-control through the Spirit, which strengthens our faith. 2 Timothy says it like this. Chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God gave us the Spirit not to fear but of power and love and self-control. This reminds us that we have a spirit that is to help us have self-control. It's to help us have love. It's to help us have God's power instead of falling to fear. Also, when Jesus says, don't be afraid, his walk literally backed up his talk, right? In other words, raise your hand if you've ever heard the phrase, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Have you heard that before? Well, this, honestly, Jesus is living this out so well here because Jesus did just that. His ability to walk on the surface of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus shows us his true divinity, his power, even over the natural world, showing us that with him, we don't need to be afraid of the things of this world. He can overcome them. So the change we all need to focus on is how we can change knowing this from fear to faith. The disciples were able to to change from fear to faith in the same way we can too. And so now, right now we're we're looking in the book of Mark, but this, this account was actually in three of the four Gospels. It was recorded. And I want to take a second to look over at Matthew and see what's recorded next in this moment. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, it says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. 
And Jesus said, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Check this out. After the disciples were in fear, after they were being so confused, Peter hears Jesus say, come. And he starts to walk on water until he makes the wrong choices. He makes the change in his posture to start worrying about the wind and the storm and losing sight of Jesus. He starts to sink. But the next thing, it's great, we cannot miss this. Peter confesses he needs help, that he needs Jesus. He cries out, Lord, save me. Save me. Proving the importance that we need to change from confusion to confession. The confusion of what they must have had in this moment immediately turns to, to confession. And we see that Jesus saves in response to this. Because as we move towards God, life can still be confusing. There's a lot of things that confuse us in life. There will still be ups and downs, but we know we are not alone, that we are with God. And we also have the church that he's provided with for us. Which calls us to look to Jesus for the answers. We must confess that we need him. Understand that we need him to save us. That we continually confess Jesus is our Lord and Savior from now to the last days of us here on earth. There's so many areas in my life I need to consistently confess to God. And when I've learned to confess, it changed my life. And before I found myself confessing to God all the things, I was stuck in a lot of mess. I, I, I turned to alcohol to help save my confidence. I turned to drugs to help save me from sadness. I, I, I turned to sex to save me from feeling unwanted or unloved. I found myself thinking I had to create my own unique identity to save an opportunity to be popular and to fit in. I thought I had to keep up with the world to save me from being a nobody. I found myself confused, thinking I needed to have a certain job with a certain pay to save my value in life. And you know what this continued to bring me? Confusion after confusion after confusion when I was focusing on those things instead of Jesus. But the good news is, as I learned to confess my flaws, my mistakes, my idols, my sins, I had been met by the grace of God, just like Peter did when he, when he doubted. Because of this, Jesus showed us that God and grace go hand in hand. It comes together. When you receive God, you receive grace. And listen, don't miss this. Peter confesses. Help. He understands he needs Jesus. He cries out, Lord, save me. Like we read before, he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus saves him. By the grace of God, Peter 
was saved the way he needed to be saved. And Jesus met him with his hand, pulling him up out of that water. And, this remi- and then he reminds him, right after that, how important his faith is. He asked him, why did you doubt? He lets him know your faith is so important, helping us to strive to always change from our little faith to a sustainable faith. We can always be growing in our faith by going to God. And then next, the text shows us in Mark, chapter 6, 51 says, and he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. They were utterly astounded. And Matthew, it says, um, after that, it says, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This is so important, we can't miss this. The disciples that were in fear, the disciples that were full of confusion, the disciples that were wondering what the heck was going to happen to them, now are found worshiping him. They were found worshiping him. Showing us we need to change from wondering to worshiping. That, like we talked about earlier, we admitted God saves us. And I don't know if you have felt this before, but even when I've started to understand how God saves, I have found myself still wondering so much. I've wondered, am I still, even though there's this forgiveness, even though there's this grace, am I really good enough to have a relationship with God? Do I deserve it? Am I worthy to have a relationship with God? Am I worthy to be a part of his church? Has, I've wondered, has what I've done gone too far to ever return to God the Father? Have you ever wondered if you can really have a relationship with God, the creator of the universe, after what you've been through and what you've done? Have you wondered that? And if so, I have good news. Raise your hand again if you have breath in your lungs. Come on, that's a trick question because if you're watching this and you're breathing while you watch this, you have breath in your lungs. And if you have breath in your lungs, you still have the chance, no matter what you've done, to receive the change that Jesus Christ makes available to each and every one of us. If you're breathing, you haven't went too far. Because the good news is, it's not about how worthy I am. It's not about how worthy you are. Since we learn about Jesus, we learn that there is a gift freely given to us by the person that is worthy, and that is Jesus Christ. It isn't because of who we are, but it is because of who Jesus is and what, has, what he has done for each and every one of us. And so please know, find the peace and comfort that you can receive from God and only God, knowing that he calls you worthy. And knowing this reminds us why we can worship this God of love and power and sovereignty. I know it seems crazy. I know it seems like, how does that make sense? Forgiveness, grace, love for each and every one of us. But it is true, and it changes everything. The change that our hearts and our minds long for. So let's recap. So through today's message, we see that there's so many changes we can make because we see the changes in the disciples, right? We see that the disciples, what they experienced that night, it's so important to remember. They went from fear to faith, 
confusion to confession, wandering to worshiping. And we see this. The change that is offered to us when we have these things is so real. When your faith and confession and worship is in your life, it is a game changer. In a world full of fear, confusion, wonder, hunger, sickness, brokenness, dirtiness, a world full of being, people being lost, a world full of death, there are so many changes to be done through God and his church. If his church has faith, if his church confesses, if his church is worshiping, there are changes that happens where the hungry can be fed, the sick can be healed, the broken can be made whole, the dirty can be made clean, the lost can be found, and the death can be defeated. Sin can be conquered. Oh, what a Lord that offers so much change for each and every one of us and for the people around us because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we embrace the change he offers to us and we commit to live on mission. So if you're someone here today that's watching, listening, and you would call yourself a follower of Christ, I need you to know what you do matters. The changes you make in your life matters for you, for your family, for your friends, for your neighbors, to all ends of the earth. It matters. Please step up when you hear this message, when you leave. Think about the changes that you can make to live according to God's purpose he has for you. Because you know, and I know, us followers know that Jesus changes everything. And for some of you here today that's thinking, I haven't received that change yet. Maybe the change that is next in your life right now for you today is to have a change from no relationship with God to a relationship with God. To start a relationship with Jesus. The relationship with Jesus that changes everything. Because as Jesus came down from heaven, down to earth for you, for me, for, for the world, and he changed the way we thought about our relationship with God, he changed the way we thought about how we should be treating others. He changed the way about how we could think about our purpose on earth. And he wants that for you. And so if you would like to reach, reach out and start a relationship with Jesus Christ, the one that not only showed us so much change in the things that I said, but also by carrying his cross, dying on his cross, but defeating death through resurrection, conquering sin, changing our opportunity to be back in relationship with God. If you want to have a relationship with that God, if you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna say a prayer. And there's nothing that I'm saying that will change you. It's, I'm just gonna guide you, but what really changes in your life is when you, with your mind and your heart, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that he died and rose again, you will be saved. 
And so if we could close our eyes and bow our heads, if you're someone that wants that relationship with Jesus, just repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I want that change in my life. I'm sorry for my mistakes, my, my flaws, my sins. And I thank you that you lived a perfect life and still paid the price for me by dying on the cross. But because you resurrected, defeating death, I ask for the forgiveness that you so freely give. I put my trust in you, Jesus, and commit to follow you for the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And for the rest of us, if we could continue to pray. Pray, God, help me move towards you. We want to continually change for the purpose you have for each and every one of us. Help us open our eyes to you, God, because we want to see you. Help us open our ears to you, God, because we want to hear you. God, please help us move from fear to faith, from confusion to confession, from wondering to worshiping. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. For you today, that if you made that move to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, we would like to just connect with you. So if you could just text Mile City to the number 94,000, Oh, that'll help us so we can come alongside you when you follow the prompts and you click that you made that faith move. Uh, we'll be able to help you and just be the church that God calls us to be and walk alongside of you through this journey.